Counter the latest internet sensation. I don't even think I have to react to that. When one. I start rock hard, I stay rock hard. <laughs> this is a magnificent specimen of mankind. Can I say hi? Good morning, Seb, and good morning to all your listeners. Hi! Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello on Triple M. Welcome to the weekend, Melbourne. Get around yourselves. It is three past seven, 13 degrees in this city. Couple of showers around clearing on the way to a top of 18. Weekend breakfast back for the Builders Academy, offering certificate four design courses across Victoria. They're on 1300 Legend. What a legendary weekend in Melbourne. I welcome another legend. The hyphen is not with us, but the great Rosie has joined us on a Saturday morning. Morning, Seb. Lovely to see you today. Thank you for being part of the Weekend Breakfast family. I'm very excited, (laughs) and I'm getting around myself. Thank you very much. (laughs) That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. I hope you enjoy that. Everyone do that. And Now, what a weekend. You know, Huge. The Grand Prix just down the road. Yes. I was down there yesterday. Mick Malloy was down there oh, enjoying himself. How was he? He was uh, no, he was having fun. Good. He was behaving himself. First he was, day of drinking in two months. Yes. Well, this was about three o'clock. So what oh, happened okay. after three p.m. I'm not sure, but Fair he enough. was down near uh, the Red Bull pits, just getting a close look at Dan Ricardo, who finished fourth in practice yesterday. Finished fourth, but uh, you know it's not a great um, competition on the Friday, but still it was good Better to see fourth him. Fourth and lower down. Exactly right. Uh, not only that, the fitness convention on at the Exhibition Centre, uh-huh. Arnold Schwarzenegger back in town. Wow. And if you're listening to this from bed, Arnie's got a message for you. Here we go. Get off the couch. Don't be a couch potato and just sit there and watch movies or watch TV, except if they're my movies. Of course, you can watch them all you want. <laughs> what a man. Kindergarten cop, personal favourite. Oh, yes. Have you got any favourite Arnie movies, uh, Rosie? That would be up there for sure. Yeah. Terminator. Look, if you've got any thoughts, at Seb Costello 9 is my Twitter handle. What is the best Arnold Schwarzenegger film of all time? Hard to go past Predator, Carl Weathers and Arnie when they do that handshake and, you know, it's the big biceps uh, just kind of oh. close up there in that frame. Yes. Yeah, no, oh, and a, twins, of course. Yeah, well, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Danny DeVito has made some extraordinary films. Seriously, though, Rosie, about 50 metres from where we are at the moment, the Homicide Squad are investigating the death of a man in suspicious circumstances. Terrible. Uh, Serious situation. The Kiwis got us last night in India in the T20. They won by eight runs after Watto, Steve Smith and Dave Warner made a collective 25 runs. We only got to 134, chasing 142. A lot of police activity in South Melbourne, right where we are this morning. And for more, we go to Karina O'Grady from Victoria Police. Karina, what's going on? Look, um, homicide squad detectives are investigating uh, the circumstances surrounding a the death of a man in Gee. sorry, the death of a man in South Melbourne last night. Um, emergency services were called to Clarendon Street just after 11 o'clock and um, on arrival they found a man on the footpath there with some very serious injuries. Now, he was um, conveyed to hospital, but unfortunately he died on arrival. Gosh, what time did police get the call? Uh, Police were called just after 11. Yep, and uh, Uh, do we know how old he is roughly? The man is aged in his 40s, and um, as I said, the death is being treated as suspicious, a crime scene was established which closed down Clarendon Street for several hours during the early hours of this morning. And, um, of course, we're appealing to anyone that may have information to contact Crime Stoppers on 1800 333 000. There you go. If you know anything, give the police a call. Thanks, Karina. Thank you. Karina O'Grady there from Victoria Police. A murder investigation beginning this morning on Clarendon Street. Thanks for bringing us up to date there. 
fair bit of debate coming in about Arnie's best movie, Rosie. I went with Predator, hard mm. to beat. We've got the Elkinator on Twitter, Last Action Hero. Oh, of course. Mm, debatable. Oh. Debatable. <laughs> I reckon that's probably down the bottom of the list. Okay, then. Steph has gone with Kindergarten Cop. Hashtag, yes. it's not a tumour. Yes, yeah, not no, a tumour. No, thank you. Total recall from Julian. At Seb Costello is the Twitter handle. Great. It's time for this. In the 20th century, the sporting landscape was indeed a wide world. But with the advent of the interweb communication and global overpopulation, the sporting universe is bigger than ever. And champions beyond the traditional games deserve their recognition. Presenting the weekend breakfast's glittering galaxy of sport. And don't the kids love it? They certainly do. Now, usually we take a look at sort of light-hearted sports like dodgeball that perhaps, you know, don't take the most elite physical conditioning. But we met this man a few weeks ago, and what he can do is quite extraordinary. You would have heard of the Iron Man before. Takes about nine hours if you're a gun. 3.8-kilometre swim, 180-kilometre bike into a marathon. This guy has just completed eight of those in eight days. Good morning, Craig Percival, and how are you feeling right now? Good morning, Seb. Thanks for having me. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm feeling a lot better than what I was, uh, I guess, four or five days ago when we when we finished. Yeah. When you've got that sort of workload ahead of you, eight Ironmans, eight days, how much sleep are you getting? Um, sorry, be- before the event? No, I mean? during. Oh, during? Uh, <laughs> first couple of days were pretty good. So the way the format was, we started in Darwin. And uh, we worked our way around the country. So Darwin and Perth weren't too bad. I probably got five or six hours each night there. Um, That's not too bad, five or six hours. Yeah, so, you know, the the challenge was obviously, you know, getting into a pool as early as we could, doing the event, and then getting to an airport, flying to the next city, getting to a hotel or uh, in a couple of spots I stayed with mates, which was really good. So, um, yeah... Look, we, we knew it was going to be a big event, so we did try. I guess we tried to stock up on some sleep before we came in. The, the reality is well, that, that didn't really happen. We have my wife and, and my two kids, we, we have a pretty busy life. So then we went to Adelaide and um, got a good night's sleep in Adelaide. Probably definitely got six hours there before we flew to Hobart. And Hobart was, was probably the, I wouldn't say it was the start of the event. Hobart was definitely the first very, very hard day. The first three days had the weather had whacked it, so it had 35s. Most days in Darwin, Perth and Adelaide, so that had been a bit of a surprise. So you're doing 3.8 kilometre swim, wouldn't be too bad, one 180 kilometre ride and a marathon in 35 degree heat. Uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't ho- I certainly wasn't hoping for 35, no. and we didn't really anticipate that for March. Um, but well, it, look, it, it, it made for, um, yeah, I'm not going to whinge about it, it, it was... Um, just made for a more more challenging event and, and you know, my team that was around me, they worked their bums off to, to make sure I was okay. So. I know this is what you do, but I'm just staggered that you could make that happen, that, you know, that you're able to, to complete that. What what sort of uh, toll does that take on your body doing what you've just done? Uh, yeah, look, this this week after the event has, um, has not been too easy. I've, I've struggled to actually catch up on sleep. That's been one of the, the hardest things this week and, and my body definitely needs some recovery but I've been and had all, all the checks done. I you know, I went and had a heart check at the Vincent and had all my bloods run and everything and everything's everything's really positive there. So it's just, you know, when your body doesn't want to sleep, it doesn't really recover optimally. But you know, I put a lot of years I've been doing triathlons for nearly thirty years, so I said so um it, it wasn't just a, 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 a three month or a six month mm. prep for this. So 
But importantly, you know, we raised, we hit our target for the John McLean Foundation. Yes. That was the reason to do this exercise. Wheelchair uh, charity, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. It's a kids in wheelchairs charity. So we hit our $80,000 target, you know, the day after the event, which was, was most relieving and, and very satisfying. Well, one last one. When, you know, you really feel like you've been kicked in the guts, it's day seven, eight, whatever it is. What are you saying to yourself to make sure you push through and, and get this thing done? Uh, to be honest, mate, I just kept... I knew if if we didn't get the eight done, so when when we'd finished number, I think it was we'd finished number five, we only had thirty thousand, and my target was to get to eighty, and I knew, and and number five was pretty hard, and number six was pretty hard, but I knew if if I'd pulled the pin at that point, there was absolutely no way we were going to get to eighty thousand. So I, you know, at that point, you you don't overcomplicate things. I'm, I wasn't thinking the clearest. I just knew I had to keep going, and and I don't know. I, I, I just keep pushing. I just keep the calories going in and I had people around me that, and that was what was a really amazing thing. The support from people I didn't know that just kept pushing me, just said, come on, Craig, keep pushing, keep pushing. And through their support and my wife and, and, and Kate Patterson, we, we got through. It was, um, yeah, uh, mission accomplished. I guess. <laughs> well, mate, and what a mission it was. Congratulations. Eight Ironmen in eight days. First man to do it. And $80,000 for the foundation is just a terrific effort. People can catch you at your website, nolimitsendurance.com.au. Craig Percival, it's been so impressive to follow what you've been able to do, and uh, we wish you all the best in the future. Thanks, mate. Thanks for having me on. How about Craig Percival? What a legend. $80,000 raised, eight Ironmen in eight days. He nominated Terminator 1 too as Arnie's greatest film. As Conan- he should as an oh, Iron Man. Well, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> exactly, the T-1000. Dave off the Twitter is gone with Conan the Barbarian. Yes. Good film. I do like my dialogue in movies though. Having said that, I'm not sure if Arnie had a great grasp of the English language back then, which was probably a little bit true. handicapping. Adam F., the great Adam F., one of our favourites on Twitter. Oh, right? I agree. Yep. Uh, Rosie, he's gone with True Lies. I have a theory, which I think I've told you before, that you could pick any weekend in Melbourne in the 1990s. Mm. Channel 7 would have the football. Yes. Channel 9 would have Shawshank Redemption. Yes. And Channel 10 would have True Lies. Correct. It was just the programming perfect trifecta and you could sort of alternate. Like if the footy was in Adelaide, you could watch, you know, True Lies right about the point where Jamie Lee Curtis puts the pot plant through the – anyway. So Australia lost to cricket. We mentioned that. But Joel Selwood dominant in the VFL. 34 touches, 19 contested possessions, 12 tackles and two goals. Wow. He should do well at VFL, but it does sound like he'll be right come Easter Monday and the Hawks. Grand Prix weekend. Get along if you can. Have a look at it on the telly. It is a terrific event for Melbourne. 300,000 people will be down at Albert Park across the weekend. And in the Williams team is a man by the name of Valtteri Botas. He is a Finland driver. And the Williams are always thereabouts. It's yep. hard to knock off the likes of Ferrari and Mercedes, but they'll be close. And this guy is a bit of an up-and-comer, mm-hmm. and they say maybe when there's a shake-up at Ferrari, he might be the next one ah, to step up and join Sebastian One to Bell. watch. Yeah, exactly right. So I caught up with him during the week, and uh, he's a pretty laid-back sort of dude, but I asked him, is there a better place to start the F1 season than right here in Melbourne? Can't t- think one, you know, it's, uh, it's just a really nice place to be, uh, the weather is, is nice, of course it can change a lot at this time of the year, but uh, it's just a nice city, nice people, nice racetrack, the, the race weekend here is just a great venue, so good place to be. And if you have a good result on Sunday, do you get a chance to celebrate or do they stick you on a plane at, you know, 9pm Sunday night? No, I don't have anything planned for Monday morning, so... Yeah, hopefully a good result for Lost, yeah. a good party. Well, you guys will be right in there. I mean, the Mercedes always dominant, Ferrari, of course. But, uh, you know, what, what are you uh, setting your sights on for this weekend? 
Well, it's always hard to say because it, it is the first one of the season and uh, we've only done eight days of pre-season testing before, so that's the only data we have of where we are in comparison to the other cars. And uh, everyone has new cars, everyone's going to have more updates from, from the testing to, to this race in the cars. So we are really hoping we can fight for the podiums and of course we always try to win that's always the goal we'll, we'll get on board triple m we right behind the williams you'll be our second team of course uh, probably dan ricardo and the red bull uh, is the one everyone <laughs> in australia is pulling for seems like a pretty uh, popular driver on the circuit yeah he's a nice guy i used to race him also before formula one in former renault in europe we had a great battle battle together in the in the series and uh, just a just a nice guy um, everyone likes him and uh, his big smile what's been harder than how you expected it to be about you know making the step up to formula one was there something where you go gee oh, you know I, I wasn't prepared for that to be like that well i always thought it's never going to be easy and uh, but maybe when you get into formula one what surprises you is how much all the other stuff you have other than the driving you know marketing, sponsor events, media events, uh, and that's all on top of the things you do with the team, you know, the testing, racing, being at the factory. So um, it is pretty busy life, but uh, you get used to it, you get used to the traveling, and uh, uh, then you can enjoy it. One thing that fascinates me is once the season starts, you guys, there is so much expected of you in terms of driving, in terms of, you know, making sure that you're promoting the team and, and all those sorts of things. What do you do when you're away from the track? Do you, you, you play football or, you know, uh, play video games? or what, what do you like to do? It's normal stuff, really. I, I really like sports. I like outdoors. So normally, most of the day I spend outside. And... Um, yeah, it's just normal, normal life, you know. I, I like cooking, making good food. I like uh, spending time with my friends. Um, yeah, running, cycling, gym, uh, whatever. And maybe one only hobby what I have is um, clay shooting with a shotgun. So that's I'm a big fan of that and been getting more and more into it in the past couple of years. Well, the shooters at the Olympics, at least, they're often in their forties, late thirties, mate. There could be a second <laughs> career for yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, at, at the moment, I'm too busy to really practice a lot, but uh, I like the sport. It's, it's great fun. So, you know, never say never. You heard it here first. The Finnish <laughs> Olympic team, 2026, maybe. <laughs> no, not that early. I still want to be racing. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You've got a few more years yeah, racing. Yeah, yeah. Terrific. Well, mate, so we wish you all the best of luck at Albert Park. Uh, you've got a lovely uh, nature about you. And, uh, and as I say, the Williams cars will be right up there again in 2016. Uh, thanks for coming down and saying good day in uh, the Rex owner at Triple M display down here at Albert Park. No, thank you very much and just want to say thanks to all the local fans. There's been great support from you guys, so thank you. Terrific. Boundary Bottas on Triple M. A lovely bloke. Chilled out bloke and uh, look, if he gets to the Olympics as a clay shoot, I reckon that'd be a great record, although that's a long time away. Yeah, so it was... Uh, the Rexona boys who teed that one up, and uh, they've got a competition at the moment. You can chuck this into Google. They give you the chance to drive a Williams Racing Formula One car in Dubai. Return flights, accommodation, the whole bit. Get on to rexonaqualifying.com.au to check that one out. Health and fitness with Danny Green. And we're very lucky this week because the great man is in Melbourne and in the studio. Good morning, Greeny, and mate, uh, what are you in town for? 
Morning, Seb. Uh, I'm here to commentate some fights tonight at Melbourne nice one. Town Hall. The two uh, twin brothers, Jason and Andrew Maloney. Who we had in studio last week. Lovely young fellas. Now, I didn't hear, obviously, because I was in Perth. Did they talk much? They, uh, yes. Very much so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, like, we, uh, we, we did ask them who the better fighter was, and I think we almost had a couple of rounds in the studio <laughs> after that. <laughs> very, very competitive, boys. But they're, yeah. they're so quiet and humble and you know polite, so I was like, I was hoping they would talk because they're just cracking blokes, and, and I'm looking forward to seeing them fight. They're fighting for, both fighting for, to get in the top 15 world ranking tonight, and these guys are the real deal. They'll fight anyone, anywhere, anytime, and uh, if I can help them, you know, Peter Maniatis is putting the show on with my trainer, Angela Hyder. And if I can help, um, if I can help these guys achieve their dreams, because they, like, like all the fighters, so many young fighters out there in the country and in the world, they just work so bloody hard. So hopefully, I can see these blokes help them achieve their dreams. Teamdannygreen.com.au is your website for all things fitness. Check that one out. Uh, Greeny, did you run into Craig Percival on the way out? This is uh, the bloke we were interviewing before. Eight Ironmans in eight days. Did you, did you see him cross him in the hallway there? I was walking in. He was walking out. Yeah. And I just happened to be looking down and saw his toes and went, geez, that guy could do with a, with a trip to the doctor, I reckon. And then found out who he was and what he'd just done and could not believe it. I said, I swore. I said, I said, I said, I said well, I did. I said the C word. I said, you're mad. <laughs> Mad, full on. What do we call it? Mad campaigner on uh, the hot breakfast, Rosie. Yes, He's a mad did. campaigner, yep. and I was like, <laughs> man, he was, uh, yeah, very impressive and what a great cause, and just a phenomenal athlete. You know, unbelievable. He's unbelievable. One triple three five three. If you want to uh, ask the four-time world champ a question on health and fitness, maybe even boxing, give us a bell. One triple three five three. Hit us up on Twitter at Seb Costello Nine. What's your Twitter handle, Danny? Uh, at Danny Green Boxer. Very good. And, mate, uh, you're in town for a show. Uh, we were expecting to see you at High Sense Arena at the end of last year. Uh, will we maybe get to see you in the ring in Melbourne anytime soon? Oh, look, mate, I, I, I anticipate I'll be fighting again this year. Yeah, I, I, right. I, I, I turned good. 43 last week, so. 43 years you know, young? Hence the peppermint tea, mate. I'm back. I'm really now, watching what's that about? Is that Is that a sort of health kind of thing? Look, man, I've just, you know, people say, geez, you know, and I get, you know, it's very kind of people to say, oh, you don't look 43, you know, 42 and a half, maybe Greeny on a good day, but <laughs> I, um, I've, you know, I've overhauled my diet and the team Danny Green thing really is what I'm, I'm living, I'm living it, I'm doing it. It, it really is so important. People out there don't realize how important your diet and the nutrition that you put in your body is to becoming or staying or getting healthy and getting fit and yeah. maintain it. So for me at 43, physically, I haven't, I haven't had a beer for over 11 weeks. Fair dinkum. Well, know, we'll so get the rest of the details of this diet overhaul uh, after a bit of a song maybe, Rosie. We'll come back Great. and Granny, I want to hear about your diet overhaul. Danny, what changes have you made to your diet recently as your eye off maybe a return to the ring in 2016? Well, it's been a, it's been a constant uh, change, um, and I'm always evolving in what I do and when I eat and how I eat and, and and you know what I put in my body and simple things as not putting sugar in my coffee. So simple, and I might have two coffees a day, so if I don't put two two teaspoons of you know sugar in my system, that's fourteen teaspoons of sugar I've taken out for the week. Ouch! Yep. You know, and just little little tiny little subtle things like that that people go, oh, you know, it's so easy, yet it makes such a difference, and I can notice it on my waist. Yeah. Yep. Very beautiful stuff, mate. Hey, um, you got a favourite Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? Because we are compiling a bit of a list this morning. Uh, Adam's gone with The Running Man. That's a good one. Well, the Hunger Games ripped off The Running Man, I reckon. One hundred percent. And and no one can do no one can do an Arnie movie like Arnie. <laughs> you know, and no one can do. I watched him. I saw him speak yesterday. Yeah. And uh, I met him. I actually was lucky enough to interview him on stage. And I said to him, mate, what's your favourite line from one of your movies, Arnie? 
and he waited and the crowd was out there and they were just waiting with bated breath. Everyone, because he just has the crowd eating out of his, eating out of his hands and he goes, get to the chopper. <laughs> That's not bad, mate. He also had, considering we're talking health and fitness, he had a little uh, nice message for Melbourne, Rosie. Get off the couch. Don't be a couch potato and just sit there and watch movies or watch TV. Except if they're my movies, of course you can watch them all you want. <laughs> he's, a, he's so cool, and you know what? It's it's because of him that I'm in this position in the health and fitness space. Team Danny Green, I've got that program running because of him. I'm in the gym industry because of him. Arnold Schwarzenegger is the pioneer of the fitness industry, and he is an absolute legend. He is a legend. Hey mate, before we let you go, you got a little music tip for us. Uh, we were saying off air that you're a big music fan, and you've uncovered a little band. Oh, just down, I, was, I heard him on the radio. I was listening to a radio and heard this song and went, oh, I shazammed it as I do. This yep. my music. And uh, it was a Nothing But Thieves song. And nothing I've But Thieves. And downloaded the album and they're from England. And um, You were saying Wake Up Call is the best song from their only album? Yeah. There's a little bit well, of it? Well, there's, there's a lot of them on there. It's a cool album, but Wake Up Call was probably, is probably my favourite. Here we go. I don't mind it. And is it, it's a bloke singing? It's a guy. I thought it was a lady singing. You know? <laughs> but I had to Google it. He's got a fantastic voice. And, you know, yeah. Like is it cool. Sam Smith scene? that did the, um, the Oscar theme. winning song? Spectre. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He sounds uh, a little bit similar. like the guy from Radiohead. Yeah. Ah, Tom guy. York. Yeah. 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 Very high voices. Greeny, a pleasure. Malvern Town Hall tonight. You'll be there for the fight. Some Maloney boys in action. Of course, teamdannygreen.com today. You is your internet stop for all things health and fitness. Pleasure to have you in the studio, mate. Legend, Seb. Thanks very much. Rosie, have a great weekend. Thanks, Beautiful. It is 10 to 8 on Triple M's weekend breakfast. The reason we're playing that is because the Jurassic World exhibition at Melbourne Museum is about to kick off. Highest ever sales for a show at the museum. And it's largely due to the hard work of the team down there and the influence of our next guest, who is one of the best paleontologists on the planet. His name is Dr. Jack Horner. He's worked as a technical advisor for all of the Jurassic Park films. And we're really excited to have him here in studio at Triple M. Good morning. Good morning. Are there dinosaurs out there that we haven't yet discovered? Of course. How Uh, many? Well, I, I've estimated that we have found about, that we have found less than 1% what? of the dinosaurs there are to be found, um, that we could find, and, and probably, you know, oh boy, I tell you, you know, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface of the dinosaurs that existed. That's amazing. One percent, and we seem 1%. to know so much. You're obviously still finding fossils. Then, what is the best place to find fossils in the in the world at the moment? Well, you know, I'm prejudiced to Montana, where I live. Is that right? Uh, <laughs> and we're finding a lot of stuff. And I don't go out looking for new dinosaurs at all. I actually go looking for um, multiple. I, I, I like to do biology, and so I like to go places where I can get a whole bunch of the same species. And right now we're working in a group in Mongolia. Um, um, in Mongolia, we have a, a dinosaur called Cetacosaurus that we so far have about 500 individuals. <laughs> Spe- really? Yeah, what does Cetacosaurus look like? It's a little horned dinosaur. <laughs> um, it's only, you know... Uh, it's just a tiny little thing about the size of a small dog. Really? But we can get lots of them. And, and by having a lot of them, we have babies and adults or have their eggs. We, you know, we have basically, 
we have enough so we can do their life history and learn a lot about them. New species, you know, going out and finding a new species isn't all that interesting because all you have is one individual and you can't do much with it. And you want to put together the whole family I, tree, the whole right. uh, the whole group. What a fascinating area that you live in. I guess we love focusing on the predators. What was the most dangerous <laughs> dinosaur in prehistoric times? Well, you know, people have, well, yeah. I guess there's two ways to look at it. Yep. Tyrannosaurus rex was a pretty cool dinosaur, but... <laughs> But you know it it it's, it has bone crushing teeth. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of characteristics that suggest it was a scavenger, more like a hyena, than like a lion or a cheetah. And and so if you're looking for you know the apex predator, the the dinosaur that you know that we would we're so subjective about how we how we actually want our dinosaurs to be right. So Velociraptor, of course, is. Probably the apex predator. Is that right? And they hunted in packs. Yeah. So, but above all, they actually could scale their prey, which means. Well, they prepared the food. Uh, which which means that that whatever's walking along, they can five or six of them can just climb up and start eating. Gosh, well, they so, caused all the problems in Jurassic World, the last <laughs> film. The Velociraptors right. sort of gave Chris Evans a few problems. Uh, you, you read a bit that uh, you were uh, part of the inspiration for Sam Neill's character in, in Jurassic Park. Of course, uh, we've got an affection for him for being part of, uh, from, from our part of the world. Did he do a good job? Yes, he did. He did a great job. He's a nice guy too. Besides that, <laughs> well, it's uh, look. It's really exciting to have you in Melbourne. The Jurassic World exhibition sold out for this weekend, but there are tickets available next weekend. And uh, you know, this is obviously um, something that's taken a lot of work to put together. It has absolutely, and I think kids are going to love this thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you wait till you see. Well, you know, there's a T Rex in there somewhere. Is there? Yes. Why did T Rex have such spindly arms? <laughs> well, they didn't need him as a as a scavenger, right? right. All he needs is a big mouth and <laughs> and a big foot to hold down carcass while he rips it apart. <laughs> How strong were his jaws? Um, they have a he had about a twelve thousand pound bite force. Right. Okay. So uh, <laughs> he could take the steak uh, pretty blue if he That's needed right. to. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. Well, uh, Dr. Jack Horner, thank you for coming in and seeing us at Triple M. I'm sure people will love the Jurassic World exhibition, and uh, we'll be watching with interest uh, how you go in Mongolia and uh, on future digs. All righty. And there's a new movie, you know. Oh yeah. On the horizon. Oh, is there? Hang on, hang on, hang on, Rosie. Let's just uh, hold the song for a second. Tell us a bit more. Well, you know, it's Jurassic World 2. Is that right? Mm, and you're involved? Soon. Mm. We're going to see, uh, what was the name of the hybrid dinosaur they built? Indominus Rex. Yeah. Did you, was, are you okay with that or do you feel oh, that I, was... I helped. I, I was its yeah. I, I was the person who got to decide what dinosaurs we were putting together with. Oh, so you got to play God, essentially. Exactly. If you haven't seen Jurassic World, <laughs> the big villain is a hybrid dinosaur that the theme park creates to be a new attraction because Tyrannosaurus Rex is so old hat. Um, well, was you, that... can, you, can, you can see it when you come see the exhibit. On the line for the Formula One Grand Prix 2016 is David Coulthard, one of the legends of the sport. Welcome to Melbourne once again. Morning, David. Good morning. Mate, you're almost a regular here. Uh, do you just get into a bit of a routine once the plane touches down at Tullamarine? Uh, I start to get excited. It's a, it's a track that I've enjoyed racing at in the past. I was lucky enough to have cars quick enough to enable me to win. You'll not find many people, if at all, that don't enjoy coming down here. Dan Ricardo in the Red Bull. Does he have any chance of winning? 
He has, because he's in the race. But uh, there's no question that Mercedes have a quicker package right now. And then probably Ferrari are next up. So it's going to be difficult for Daniel, but he's an exceptional driver. I saw Mark Webber came out and said that you know he rates him as, as having more natural speed than, than Mark himself did, which goes some way because Mark was, was an exceptionally fast driver. So, you know, Daniel's the future of the sport, and we may have to be patient for him to have a real chance of battling for the championship, but there's no question that he's here for the long term, so Australia can be proud. And as we're running through the lineup, the last guy we do need to speak about is, of course, Lewis Hamilton. You're one of the greats of the sport. The people you raced against, you know, the Schumachers, these were really exceptional drivers, and Lewis really has a chance, you know, this season and beyond to put himself into the absolute elite of Formula One racing, doesn't he? He does, and it's, it's sometimes I guess difficult to look at the modern drivers in the same uh, iconic way as we would some of you know like Prost or Senna or some of the guys that have come before. But there is there is no doubt that he is a truly exceptional driver, and he's able to when he goes on track do special things, and that's what makes him sometimes slightly unpredictable to to watch because you you don't know if you're just about to see something truly remarkable or will he drop the ball on that particular lap but uh, he you know we're witnessing something special we certainly are and he'll be out there today for qualifying David hang on the line I want to come back and ask you about Michael Schumacher you raced him and of course now he's not in a great way we'll do that after this David Coulthard with us on Triple M's weekend breakfast and David you raced with the great Michael Schumacher arguably the greatest F1 driver of all time and he's not in a great way now, of course, as a result of that skiing accident. What do you make of that situation? Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it, for any family to go through uh, the difficulties that the Schumacher family are. And, you know, clearly he's had a tremendous amount of success on the racetrack. And, and then he goes and gets, gets a head injury when he's skiing with the family. Um, the, the way I look at it is as terrible as it is, you know, Michael is still very much alive. Uh, he's at home and he's going through the process of recovery. It, it's obviously not the Michael that we all knew from, from the racetrack, but, you know, his family still have hope. And, uh, you know, if we, we understand that that isn't always the case with, with other families that go through you know, tragic circumstances with their loved ones. Yeah, well said. Mate, you are a fantastic ambassador for Formula One racing. And, uh, you know, I, uh, I, don't, I don't want to embarrass you, but also very popular with our female listeners uh, here at Triple M, <laughs> who are a big fan of DC. Oh, well, look, that's, that's really nice to know. Is it anything to do with the fact that you can't see me because it's radio? <laughs> so you're saying, if you were doing TV, I wouldn't be so popular. Uh, well, no, that's my trick, mate. I think you're doing okay. No, they know what you look like. But, mate, we love chatting to you and absolutely tear it up this weekend. Great to have you back in Melbourne. Thank you very much. All the best. David Coulthard on Triple M. And the race, of course, Sunday afternoon. So get near a TV if you can't get down to the track. Let's reset. Because our next guest is an enormous human being. He stands over two metres tall. He weighs 180 kilograms and he's just had his 27th birthday. I'm talking about Hafthor Julius Bjorsson. He's the second strongest man in the world. He's also a star of Game of Thrones. He's here for the Arnie Fitness thing and I had a chance to sit down with him earlier in the week. He's been known to eat a lot of food. You have to to get to that size, Rosie. Yep. In fact, he's been known to eat three kilos of steak in one sitting. I wanted to ask just yeah. how difficult that was to do. Eating three kilos of meat is a hard, hard job. Uh, you ate three kilos of yeah, of steak. Steak, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But afterwards, I had myself ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Still had room for dessert. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> but mate, you're also so friendly. You got this big smile, and when people come up to you in the street 
you welcome them. You know, you, uh, do you do you find that you surprise a lot of people by being such a happy, easygoing guy on the street? Yeah, I, I hear this every every day, especially when I'm getting to know new people. Uh, they always say, "Well, you're so nice guy," you know. Um, yeah, I guess I start to believe it, you know. Or after all those years, people always saying I'm such a nice guy. Uh, but if people don't know me, it's maybe because of my size and tattoos. Uh, sometimes people get a little bit afraid. But when people get to know me, they realize I'm just a big teddy bear. Are <laughs> the tattoos special to you? Uh, yeah, very much so. Uh, most of them mean something to me. Like this year, my daughter. Uh, Teresa Leaf, uh, she she is the world to me, and 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 it's it's so nice to have her here always with me. Whenever I go, I always can see her. So when I miss her, I can always look at her. And you're an Elvis fan. What do you oh, like about Elvis? Uh, he was the best, you know. What's your favorite Elvis song? Uh, that's a hard question. You know, I I, I like them all. You know, <laughs> I, I listen to them all many 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 times. What's your favorite? American trilogy. That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. Half Thor Julius Bjorsson, second strongest man in the world, an enormous unit, 6'9", 180 kegs. Half Thor Julius Bjorsson is the second strongest man in the world. I'm mm. getting better at my Icelandic, Rosie, I'm as very this morning impressed. goes on. Because this is a true story. He came in and with a very straight face said, I hate people who mispronounce my name. Be very difficult, though. Yeah. He needs to be a little flexible, yeah. I think. But <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't argue with him. He's that huge. He is enormous. <laughs> and you don't get that way without lifting a lot of steel in the weight room. And I did ask him, what is your philosophy to life? There's no reason to be alive if you can't do deadlift. The quote just means a lot to me, you know. And so what's next? You know, you've carried a log that's 650 kilograms. Uh, you've uh, been, a, been a TV star. What's the next thing that you want to achieve? Win the World Series Man title. That's, that's my next goal. That's the goal that I haven't reached yet. And uh, that's my main goal right now. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still doing television. I'm still in that. And I've been doing some commercials, but, you know, that's my side thing, you know. That's not yeah, really what do you like more, acting or strongman? Uh, I like both. They're the ways, you know. But my passion is into strongman right now. Even though I love acting as well, it's it can you know two different worlds. So you can't really pick a post. But I have a passion in strongman right now. What's it been like being part of Game of Thrones? It's such a massive international success. And there's something about your character which is really memorable. Has it been a big deal for you? Huge deal for me. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's been. I was a big fan of the show before I was in it. So uh, for me to be in it, it's, it's a huge honor, huge honor, uh, blessing. I'm, I'm, I'm so pleased and happy, and uh, and I don't take this. Uh, I take this very seriously, and, and I'm, I take my part in the show very seriously. Hello, Julius Johnson. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Sebastian. <laughs>
There you go. He liked my name, Rosie. He did. He yeah. said it very well. <laughs> he, he got my name right. Don't know whether I've got his right. But uh, thank you for bearing with us too. That was recorded at a gym in the city, as you might be able to tell from the crunching weights in the background. And he's so tall, it would have been hard to hold the mic up to oh, yeah. him in time and have it with you as well. The so, best well was walking down Flinders Street outside the gym and a member of the public just stopping and saying, oh, mate, I'm just blown away by the size of this bloke. Yeah, it was lovely. And he dealt with him very, very nicely. So you'll be seeing more of him on Game of Thrones. I think you shot some scenes for season five if you're a fan of that program. Ready. About a right banana. The biggest high fly act you've ever seen in your life. Hey. Come on, mate. Follow me. Follow me to the bench. Fire. This is Brian Taylor. Looks like I'm the only one to win a Coleman <laughs> and be in a film. And this is Bristles Missile. Take your flags and stick them you know where. <laughs> He's won a Coleman medal. He has also been voted the best Hi. football commentator on radio. BT, good morning. Good morning, Seb Costello or Sebastian. Thank you. Uh, you are about the same size as the mountain, you know. Well, I would have thought I dropped off a bit uh, from the mountain. <laughs> I, I would have thought uh, with my diet that I'm on at the moment, I've lost 10 kilos, Seb. I'm, I'm 10 kegs? Yeah. That's fantastic, mate. Well done. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> no one else has said that to me. Well, uh, they should. Mate, uh, did you hear we were talking a moment ago about the fact the Ring of Steel won't be back for footy season? You reckon that's a good call? Oh, look, uh, we could you could have pushed it over with your little pinky anyway. It's an absolute <laughs> uh, bizarre thing. To think that, uh, to, to, for them to think that they're going to sort of um, wand and search 80,000 people in one hour, go to the airport and ask them how many they search in one hour, they're experts at it, and they've got it down to a fine art. They they wouldn't get near probably 10,000. So how they ever thought it was going to work, I don't know. I'll tell you, speaking of people who've got it down to a fine art, I have travelled with Brian, and he is very good at leaving his bag on the security conveyor belt just long enough so he doesn't get the explosive trace test from the guy <laughs> with the wand coming through security. You are very good at that, BT. Because I've got the titanium knee and I... I send the buzzers into berserkness uh, when I go through, and then I can see the little lady up the end with the explosive wand looking at me, and I'm not sure whether she wants to check my prostate or what, what she's going to do with it, but I look at her, and I time putting my shoes and socks back yeah, on when yeah. she's got another customer. You are very good at that. Uh, mate, uh, Nathan Buckley, back page of the Herald Sun today. I will not coach anywhere else. I'm a Collingwood man. Does that surprise you? Well, uh, he's a Collingwood man at the moment because he's at Collingwood. And, uh, <laughs> you know, in fairness to him, he has spent his whole, entire career other than, I think, a year at Brisbane. But uh, he, he is very much a Collingwood person, a, a six-time Copeland Trophy winner, you know, one of the all-time great players, and now trying to cut his teeth in the coaching. Look, you never say never in that game. And um, while I'm sure he will lead Collingwood for a couple more years yet, um, and uh, that will depend whether he gets the ultimate uh, the ultimate goal. But um, you know, in coaching, I wouldn't have thought there would be too many coaches, Seb, and you'd have to help me here that have, that have stayed in recent history. So in the last say thirty years, have stayed with the one team. Um, all of their careers without going and trying another team. Yeah, successful coaches anyway. You would have said John Warsfold yeah. up until a few months ago. So, yeah, uh, yeah you know, even uh, the Ross Lions, they're all moving around. Did you I, catch uh, the season launch this week, BT? I did, and I saw, um, I watched it on Fox yesterday, actually, and I saw Gillan McLaughlin, the CEO of the AFL, in, in the presidential-style auto queue. You know, the two bits of glass, one on the right, one on the left. Obama-style. 
Obama style, you can pretend you're not reading anything, and all of a sudden you go, shift this guy's really remembering <laughs> his notes. He's got no notes in front of him. And then they have the big uh, wide shot. Yes. You can see the presidential uh, style auto cue going on there. And, uh, and uh, it, was, it was very well done. Very well done. I don't know about all those guys waiting on the stage, the players, the officials, the boot stutters, <laughs> how long they sat for there because they looked absolutely bored shitless. <laughs> Mate, well, you've just burst the bubble now. And they're doing another, the round table thing on Fox, uh, getting another run. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> Could we possibly get another footy show on? We haven't even got any footy yet, and there's five heads on there, all great heads, all great people, and all great guys. But they're talking absolute gibberish, um, led by Kingy. Um, you know, the season hasn't even got underway, and he's telling us what's going to happen. I mean, this round table thing, I mean, it's an excuse to fill time. That's all it is. It's no, no more round table than me sitting home with the old granny and my wife and a couple of kids and talking absolute garbage about, you know, you played well today, son, when you know he didn't play well. You're just trying to lift his confidence. Oh, you know? yeah, that brings back uh, memories. And uh, that's all it is. So it's it's, it's unreal. I reckon. I, I'm BT. You you may think it's silly, but you know the Osbournes was one of the most successful programs on television in the history of TV. And I reckon the Taylors could be a reasonable reality show in itself. Well, you wouldn't have thought that, Seb, if you were out there this morning when we were rounding up the cows. We had the cows out there, and I don't know what you've ever. So we've got eighty cows. Know a lot about cows. And we've got effectively got eighty calves. So could you imagine what? eighty puppy dogs? of about eight weeks old running around. How much we're breeding? trying to get them through a gate 10, 10 foot wide, three metres wide, um, trying to get them through a gate. You reckon there might have been a bit of swearing and cursing coming from me? That's amazing. So that's a lot of calves, BT. Are these Mormon cattle you've got or something? Oh, they're just calves, mate, and they just breed like bloody rabbits. And they go through the gate, and the first thing they want to do once they go through the gate is they want to come back out the same gate. Yes. They always like to go over the tracks where they've been. So it was a nightmare, and um, a few a few, a few, big F-bombs were let go today. <laughs> well, mate, uh, I'm sure it does sound like frustrating work. Mate, always a pleasure. Hey, before I let you go, Arnie's in town. Have you got a fa- favourite Arnie movie? Oh. Not really? Um, what? <laughs> Terminator. Terminator. You can't go past Terminator, yeah. can you? No, mate. And you are sort of part Terminator with the titanium knee, so uh, you are well-versed to comment on that. But uh, you have a what wonderful... What's he going to say? Won't, won't have a lot to say, Arnie, will he? Well, uh, I'm pretty sure I know what his closing line will be as he steps back onto the plane at Tullamarine. What about the Grand Prix, uh, Seb? Mm-hmm. Um, that's going well. <laughs> practice yesterday. They decided in the hour of practice yesterday. Oh, yeah, we might... Um, oh, yeah, three of us will go out for three and a half seconds. Yeah, uh, no. Um, <laughs> So it's going well, the Grand Prix at the moment. Oh, I love the Grand Prix. Bristol, we'll speak to you next week. Yep, see ya. There we go. The great man. Very abrupt. (laughs) Had some calves to attend to. It is... Oh, I love him. Melbourne's got some great laneways, and the best ones are named after some of our best music acts. ACDC Lane down there near James Young's Cherry Bar. Yep. Chrissy Amplett Lane as well. And there's a bit of a discussion around about expanding that and creating a sort of Melbourne musical precinct in the city and making the laneways, you know, a real part of the musical culture. Love it. Right? Well, you are the guru when it comes to music. Oh, what do you well. think of the idea, Rosie? Um, I think there's too many Melbourne music identities to mm. just belong to the laneways. Yep. Um, maybe if they had a particular um, affinity with the place, like they've put the Chrissy Amphlett Laneway behind the Princess Theatre where Chrissy was performing for a mm. lot of time in theatre. Mm-hmm. Uh, in St Kilda, we've got the Roland S. Laneway, uh, Roland S. Howard Laneway. He was in the birthday party. He wrote the song Shivers that we play a lot that's uh, by Screaming Jets. Yes. Big St Kilda identity. Oh, and he walked up. the Screaming up the... Jets didn't write that song? No. That's one of their best. Yes. Yeah. Not okay. his. There's... Did they write Helping Hand?
Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Um, this, this is ruined. But it, Dave Gleeson, come on, mate. But Rolly used to walk through a particular laneway, and so the community of St Kilda uh, got that named after him. So if it's special to them, I'm all for it. But so I you think, might have like a little laneway in Burnley after Paul Kelly under the Nilex clocks? Or, you know, Stevie Wright, he spent a bit of time. Did he? That yep. was his sort of stomping ground? Paul Kelly, that street. Down yep. um, would be perfect. Yep. Um, but I like the idea of doing like a boulevard, like a Hollywood boulevard, you know, stars kind of thing, maybe in St Kilda on Fitzroy Street. Great it? idea. Because there's so many, you know, Crowded House, Tism, Nick Cave, yep. Kylie Minogue, Tiny Tina, Skyhooks, or you could have them in Carlton, obviously. Bourne, 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 or Siberia. Um, <laughs> Siberia would be perfect. The Chanteuses, <laughs> the Melbourne Icons, Pseudo Echo. Yep. We've got so many to celebrate. I think, you know, a whole street dedicated to everyone would be nuts. It's a great idea. There is a Stars Walk in the Docklands. But nobody knows it's there. Oh, is there? There's a statue. There's a Docklands, is there? There is. In Waterfront City, there's statues of John Farnham, uh, Kylie Minogue. I think Dame Edna Everidge. Was that the one that Rolf Harris was oh, yeah. and he's going to be oh, yeah. maybe removed? Awkward. Okay, <laughs> let's move on. Um, no, but one triple three five three or Twitter at Seb Costello 9 Who's the most deserved of Melbourne's next laneway if you had to pick just one musical wow. act? Yeah, toughy. Very tough. Someone suggesting the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra Lane. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. Along uh, near Hamer Hall. Yeah, yeah. That'd uh, be brilliant. Terrific idea. Hey guys, this is Halfway Lewis Pearson here in Australia. Gonna compete at the Arnold Stroman Classic Festival. I uh, hope, hope you guys show up. You're listening to Triple M with Sebastian and me, Half Thor. See you guys. <laughs> the great man. Aww. That's my full name, Sebastian, in case anybody didn't know that. He found that easier to say than Seb for whatever reason. Okay. Yeah. No, Fair it's enough. an Icelandic thing. Don't what argue should, with him. <laughs> what should Melbourne's next musical laneway be? Let's go to Sean at Mornington. You got an idea, Sean? Yeah, man. I was just going to let you know about one up in Queensland. There's a walk in Redcliffe in Queensland yeah. dedicated to the Bee Gees. And there's 24-hour TV screens, music going, big brass statues <laughs> all day, every day. And it is absolutely magnificent. If we could base something on that... It would be fantastic. Terrific idea, mate. Uh, hang on the line. We've got tickets to Cirque Adrenaline at the Arts Centre, uh, the State Theatre, most daring and death-defying show on earth. That's uh, coming 11 shows from April 1. Two tickets for you. Is it, you were saying there's a bridge, Rosie? There is. So Queensland are doing it quite well. The go-betweens, well known in Brisbane especially, mm. uh, Streets of Your Town. We play here a bit on Triple M. Mm. Uh, Grant McLennan, one half of the well-known main focal point of the go-betweens, he died suddenly in 2006. So they na- renamed a bridge, the Hale Street Bridge, to the go-betweens bridge. So it crosses the Brisbane River. Lovely got some gesture. merit, your idea, turning Fitzroy Street into a bit of a walk of fame. Uh, Down to the the old uh, Palais Theatre. Yeah, look, all across, you know, the, the ESPY's the around ESPY, there. when it reopens, will be perfect to yep. have that launch. A lot of musical history in this town. I think so. I know it looks like Conor McGregor might get a rematch at Nate uh, Diaz, UFC fight fans. UFC 200, that's going to be an enormous event in the middle of the year. And uh, if we could see Conor having another crack... At the couple of weight divisions up, that'll be a very, very interesting thing. Cricket last night, Australia made their debut against New Zealand, who have been in sensational form. The Kiwis knocked off the Indians earlier in the week, and they were able to do it again, getting the chocolates against Australia. They batted first. They made eight for 142. Guptill's cop scoring, he made 39 off 27 balls. Maxwell was the pick of the bowlers. I think Steve Smith uh, was quite happy with his players. Uh, We got a bit of Steve Smith from overnight, the match 
match finishing around 11 o'clock last night. Uh, he said that his bowlers were okay, particularly Maxwell, who took two for 18 uh, with three overs, had two catches and a run out, but just the batsman couldn't get the job done. Here is a bit of Steve Smith. I was pleased with the way we pulled it back in the middle. I thought we bowled quite well. Um, thought around 150, 155 was, was probably par. Um, but today we, we just didn't bat well enough in the, I guess, seven after seven overs to up to about 15. Uh, we, we kept losing wickets in clumps and I think the batters are to blame for, for this one. Uh, we didn't apply ourselves well enough and didn't get those partnerships throughout the middle, which really cost us. And he's talking about himself there. He's putting himself up along with Watson and Warner. I mentioned before, they only made 25 runs collectively. Usman Khawaja was the top scorer for Australia on their way to 134, eight runs shy of the Kiwis. Strange batting lineup too. Ashton Agar in there. He was at seven, but Pete Neville was at number 10, which I'm not quite sure why that was. Okay. Nice and low. A couple of the bowlers had a crack at it. I, I, I guess with T20, it's all about, you know, getting a bit of excitement in there and getting people into the spot who are just will willing to swing the willow and find some boundaries. Have but a crack. Indeed. Unfortunately, it didn't quite work out for us last night. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back. Uh, now makes it an elimination situation for the Aussies. Rosie, we've got India, Bangladesh, Pakistan um, in our group. And basically, you've got to win everyone from here because there's two people that will go through to the semifinals. And India and the Kiwis will be pretty hard to shake from right. that spot. How soon could we be out? Yeah, well, the group stages will go around. So it'll be another okay. week or so before Ooh. we dial down into the semi-finals. down, blokes. There you go. So good luck to Steve Smith and the boys. Thank you for joining us. Go out and enjoy what is going to be a sensational Melbourne weekend. Forget about the drizzle around Rosie, but uh, uh, there's plenty to do. That's it. And a hat. You'll be fine. It is Melbourne. Yes. And let's face it, it is March. It's autumn. So, yeah, a little bit of lucky. unpredictable weather is allowed. We'll be back next Saturday from 7am. Thanks to everybody who joined us. Talk to you then. All building leaks from Triple M's Weekend Breakfast with Seb Costello get fixed by Builders Academy, offering nationally recognised courses in plumbing services and other building trades across Victoria. Call 1300 Legend now. RTO code 21583.